Mr. Maddie Healy. Please. So this episode comes out Friday. The next upcoming Thursday from that, if you are free. We are also free. And we are in Columbus, Ohio. And we know you're coming. We'll be there. Yes. (laughs) You'll see us. Maybe. We're we're going for some good tickets. If you would like to watch a scary movie with us. We'd love for that. We would love for that so much. If Maddie Healy wants to be on the podcast, hell yeah. Maddie Healy, you can just have this podcast if you want it. Can you like put this through Dirty Hit? <laughs> we'll email it to him. Oh, Bell, refill Mr. Franklin's glass, will you? Now, when you get up there tonight, don't drink too much. Oh, don't worry, I won't. How about a whiskey and soda? Oh, less soda than usual, thanks. And this is wine. To drink. Just a sip might improve your humor. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. No, I've had a couple. Come on, I'm not drunk. And an excellent vintage it is too. But if you're implying that I'm tipsy, sir... And welcome to Tipsy Terror, the podcast where we get drunk and watch a horror movie and um, we talk about it. And um, it's like this thing where um, it's a little bit hard to describe um, everything we've been working on for the past 17 years is um, going to be a part of this podcast. I'm sorry. It's been a really big day for me and Mom. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, the new 1975 song dropped today. The what's it called, Sam? Me and you song, or me and you together song. Oops, I'm drunk. (laughs) And um, that was my, I am too drunk to do a good Maddie Healy impression, but that was my shitty Maddie Healy impression. It's just, it's just been a day and um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a day and we're probably going to keep bringing it up and I'm so sorry because actually today is dedicated to Scream 3. Scream 3. And I'll have Harish actually intro the podcast, so Harish, take it away. <laughs> and I'm Harish. and uh, The only professional. Welcome to Tizzy Terror. <laughs> this is a podcast where we get drunk and watch a horror movie, and then we record ourselves watching the movie, and we cut in clip. We record a podcast right after while we're still drunk, and then we cut in clips of us watching the movie, like this clip. You know, I don't feel like we get enough ghost face in this. No, there's almost none. It sucks. There's so much, like... Oh, there's too much backstory, and I'm a slut for backstory, but I just don't care. You know what? That's a good point. There's too much backstory. Too much. I don't care in this circumstance. I just want to watch Ghostface kill some people and make some phone calls. Back to 1975. Yes. And that's the podcast, and some of the hosts here are fans of the 1975. I'm sorry. try our and best to not bring it up no but it's i'm really... not gonna try it all okay guys just let's just get this out of the way they dropped a new song performed <laughs> it live on a stream and then immediately announced tour dates for the u.s in which they are coming to columbus ohio and we are going to the concert and it's just been a thrilling ride from the start i'm very okay. excited yes i'm very excited for that i was also excited that we watched scream 3 today so, uh, for <laughs> the month of January, thank you. We're doing this whole theme month. Stabuary, baby. We're calling it Stabuary, oh, wow. which I thought about this earlier today. Just 
which actually fits better for February because anytime I see stabuary written down which i've seen twice now because i've posted two episodes (laughs) anytime i see stabuary written down i always think it's february (laughs) and not january right it does fit but this should be stanuary stanuary stan the name of the makeup guy in this oh yeah yeah. the name of stan is likely a reference to stan winston who is a iconic makeup makeup guy who else are we standing? I'll say it. The, the Beastie nice. Boys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> also the 1975. It's been a Beastie Boys face for Wait, me. Also Joey Sasso from The Circle. The Circle, good we show. We have to stand. Watch it on Netflix. You know Joey what? Sasso, if you're out there, we want to have you on this podcast so much. Oh my God. I feel like our bonus episode will touch on The Circle quite a bit. Oh but Joey God. Sasso, quick shout out. Um, <laughs> okay, so I feel like Scream 3 is definitely going to be our most... Um, Divisive, divisive discussion for the screams. Uh, I I guess I don't feel like we're gonna be all in agreement on all parts. Uh, You know what I mean? I feel Mm -hmm. like there's gonna be different. I don't think we're gonna all like have support for the same aspects of this movie. Whereas I feel like all the rest of them, it kind of lines up. I think in this podcast. All three of the hosts are going to offer talking points and either <laughs> agree or disagree with the talking points brought no up by the way. other hosts. <laughs> I know, we're really breaking the format, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of I'm format. Sorry, I'm like hammered. So am I. Are you also? Or- yeah, I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. Okay, so before we started the movie, I chugged a cup of coffee and I've had three drinks since then which is more than usual in honor of scream three um okay so history so how many times have you seen scream three me yes and compare that to how many drinks you've drank today (laughs) i've had three drinks I've seen Scream 3. <laughs> Why would you do this? I've seen Scream 3, I'm going to say 10 to 15 times. So one fifth. <laughs> one fifth. A fifth of vodka? A fifth of vodka. Which accurately probably describes <laughs> vodka. I've seen this movie twice and I had two doubles. Twice? This is the second time I've seen this movie. <gasps> well, wow. I watched Remember. I texted you earlier. I watched it in 2019. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I could have recorded the face while we just made. And it was the last of the screen. No, it wasn't. There's one more. <laughs> I don't it was remember what order of I watched the Scream it in. trilogy. <laughs> yeah. But I watched it once. <laughs> I've had two normal drinks, and I've seen this movie two normal times. Oh, so one-to-one ratio. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. You love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. Okay, so um, Harish, please lead us. So let's talk about this movie. It's Scream. It's the third one. What's different? What's different? Um, Kevin Williamson did not write this movie. Yeah. I've learned since. Um, he did produce it, though. Um, right. So the deal with that is that Kevin Williamson got really popular after the first two Yeah, that motherfucker created a bunch Um, of shows, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, so like at the time of this movie, he was busy um, developing the TV show Wasteland, which is short-lived. I don't know what that is. And he was directing his 
um, his own movie called Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which was his first <laughs> script, which he had written before Scream. That's a movie. I think I've seen part of it on TV just randomly. It stars Katie Holmes. Um, Isn't she in Dawson's Creek? Katie Holmes? Yeah. Is she? I don't know. I'm pretty sure she is. But um, yeah, uh, that movie, like, I, I guess they kidnapped their teacher or something. And I don't know. That's the, what the movie's about. Anyway, um, so Kevin Williamson was popular. This was also after um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which he also yeah. wrote. So he was popular, too busy to do the script for this. So he had a treatment for Scream 3 because um, when he sold it, as we've talked about before, he sold it with a five-page treatment for um, Scream 2 and another one for Scream 3. Uh, And then he also had, like, he wrote, like, a 20 20 to 30 pages of um, an outline about um scream three but he couldn't work on the movie because he was too busy so they hired this writer aaron um sorkin no (laughs) it's not even it's not even the same spelling of aaron he he spells his name aaron e-h-r-e-n i'm sorry what um it's uh, fucking god damn it i just had it up aaron kruger my high school is married to a guy that's named k-y-a-l kyle so this guy, um, the writer uh, that they hired was this guy named Aaron Kruger. At the time, um, he had written this, uh, the the movie Arlington Road, and that was what he was popular and for. He has since done The yeah. Ring. He has done The Ring. Yes, and he, I think he he wrote all of the movies in the Ring series, including the new one, Rings. And then he has one more big property that just came out. And I don't remember what it was. What was it? Uh, well, he's written Dumbo. Dumbo. He wrote. He's writing the new Top Gun movie, the Top Gun sequel. He wrote Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. He oh. wrote our um, favorite Asian actress. Transformers. <laughs> um, he wrote Transformers two through four. I think he wrote. Ones. Okay, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon, and Age of Extinction. He the wrote. Um, he also wrote The Brothers Grimm. He wrote a lot of uh movies that are well known i'd put him same level as Ke- same, kevin williamson yeah, honestly. pretty yeah same level as kevin williamson but uh at the time he was just hired this was his fourth written movie if you count tv movies but anyway so aaron ziegler aaron kruger i want to say aaron ziegler i think because that's the name of someone from the podcasting world um harold ziegler no, who's the guy That's from, from uh, Lore? Who's the Aaron Mankey? Aaron Mankey. I'm Aaron, Aaron Mankey. <laughs> For all you warheads out there. Okay, give me one second. I'm looking the up Aaron Ziegler. The only thing good is the first season I only want to talk show. about Howie. Aaron Ziegler no known last name. is a writer. Ah, yes. <laughs> so um, Aaron Ziegler is the fucking uh, chop bard. Oh, Chop Bard. Chop Bard is Great a podcast show. where they like he basically goes through yeah. yeah, Shakespeare. It's really good. Plays. I just don't it's have a good time podcast. to listen to it. But anyway, Aaron Ziegler spells his name the same way as Aaron Kruger. Fuckers. Anyway, uh not important. I'll probably cut that out. Uh but Mm-mm. so 
Where does Aaron Sorkin fit into all this? Uh, never. In the garbage. Not anywhere near. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the garbage. Yeah, uh, I don't so. know if anyone knows this. I don't know if any of us are big Aaron Sorkin people. <laughs> so the story nope. with I used Scream to be. 3, yes. right? Uh, there was a 20 to 30 page outline from Kevin Williamson. They oh. hired, Air- hired Aaron Kruger to write the script, but columbine happened oh no really like right before production i thought columbine was the reason that two got changed no uh no it was um, so okay two came out uh some other mass thing no uh so columbine Columbine happened april 20th 1999 yeah right uh the scream 2 came out in december 97 so columbine had nothing to do with it maybe it was something else scream okay no no I know what you guys are talking about and I'll explain explain. it. Please explain. Um, So Columbine happened. The original script for this um, uh, Kevin Williamson's outline was that uh, it was going to be a group of teenage fans of the Stab series in Woodsboro were like killing like high school students um, as like copycats because they were fans of the Stab movie series. Um, and it turns out, uh, so like Matthew Lillard in an interview in 2009 said that the original way it was supposed to play out was that he was his character, Stu from the first movie Mm -hmm. was supposed to have come back in the third movie. I guess this, this was trivia in the IMDb trivia for Scream 2, but apparently um, Matthew Lillard says that he was supposed to come back in this movie and be orchestrating all the murders by the high school students. Um, so I we can't trust IMDb um, because anyone can post trivia on that, I guess. But uh, I think for this case, it, it was actually for Scream 3 and not Scream 2 that Stu was supposed to come back mm-hmm. and be orchestrating all the killings. But because Columbine happened... Um, there was this whole like national discussion about what influences these teens to do violence. There was yeah, this whole like yeah. video games cause violence or movies cause violence. And Metal Scream, music. Scream was part of it because um, Scream had uh, influenced, uh, like the, we talked about, talk about yeah, the first movie, yeah, copyright to... cat crimes, which we talked about during that podcast. Um, and so like Scream was part of that discussion, and so the producers were like, okay. For this one, we're going to do no violence and we're just going to do the satirical elements. And so they basically threw out Kelvin Williamson's script, but um with the they they initially wanted no violence at all, but like Wes Craven was like, "No, it's a scream movie. We need at least some violence. If you're not going to put any violence in it, then let's call it someone something else and like make it a different movie." and not scream and if you're gonna call it scream then it has to have some sort of murder element um so this honestly has the least amount of violence yeah yeah Yeah. so so they they eventually like relented and like put allowed him to do murders and stuff in it but it still has the least amount of violence fun fact um (laughs) uh there were 10 gallons of blood used fake blood used for this movie in contrast with in Scream 2, do you want to guess how many? So 10 gallons for Scream 3. Can I guess for Scream 1? Yeah. 30? 
Do you know how many are in Scream 1? Yes, I have. Scream 2, I'm going to say 75. 75 gallons? Okay. Scream I'm just 2, about I'm going to say 35. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. No, no, no. Scream. Oh, wait, wait. No, 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 no. This is not right. Scream 1. I overestimated here. Scream 1. 75, you don't say. Is 50. Okay. Scream 2 is 50. 40. I think death. No, no, no. Rules of death. More blood. More gore. I don't think it followed the rules of death. Okay. So, Mal- so your guesses are fifty and and forty. Forty. And Mine are guess- thirty for the first one. Thirty-five. I'd like to establish okay. I am terrible with number estimations. So, God awful, Adam. For the second movie, there were thirty gallons of blood used. <gasps> Holy shit! Okay. Nice. Uh, and for the first movie, there were fifty gallons of blood used. Oh! felt so, right i feel yeah. like th- with all those sweaters you so, had to pack it so on. much oh you're right you had so to pack much it on right with That's this movie interesting, given that the rules are in the second movie there's more blood more yeah, gore than well, yeah. Less. i always think that the second movie used randy's death to do, do the, be the rules. rules yeah it's a randy's death and it's pretty much all crime. contained in randy's death yeah um, and there's not you're absolutely right there's not more gore in the second one no and there's definitely not more gore in this one but this is 10 mild. gallons for this one yeah, That's just like, 10 yes. gallons. And I feel like most of that was just in the recreation of Sydney's mom being dead. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Because I can't recall. Like, uh, And then like the one guy gets like pushed off the balcony or whatever. And there's right. blood there. They but, definitely like, um tried to do more deaths that involved less blood. And this. like even like Jenny McCarthy's death. Let's talk about most least, most least satisfying stab in the whole series. Right. Yeah. I was mad when we were watching because I was like, this is bullshit because she gets stabbed like in the back, but it's like lower back and the right. framing is higher than the stabbing. Yeah. So you don't see like any of that action. You just see her face and then she folds over and you just know that she died. But there's right. no there's like nothing on screen. Yeah. Killing and that, her. that kind of thing like happens a lot. Like even when he slits the throat of that producer, John Milton. Um, yeah. There's barely any blood during the final that. Cut. Um, yeah, the yeah. final oh, cut. Yeah. One of the best parts, There's but just, no, like, no blood. Not a lot of blood anywhere. Like, okay, so I get why they changed the movie because obviously right. Columbine was a horrible thing to happen yeah. and it really affected how you said, like, the national conversation about violence and culture. Right. But the selfish part of me really wishes that they had gone with the plot line about the high schoolers yeah. who are obsessed with the movie. Because I feel like I, I feel like that plot line could have led to a more coherent right. script. Yeah. In relation to like what had happened in Woodsboro. Yeah. I feel like there's a really big disconnect between the events of the first, even the first two movies, and this one for me. Uh huh. Which is why I don't like it. Yeah. As much. This one is definitely very different. There were well, there were a lot of issues with this. Like at this point, all of the actors who were the main three, at least. Were famous? Were a lot more famous. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Neve Campbell could only uh, film for 20 days, and so that's why she's not in as much of it. She's literally shocking in yeah. 50% of this movie. She could only film for 20 days because she was too busy. Um, and also, this, like we talked about with the last movie, 
Um, it had a bunch of um, like rewrites and stuff. Like they only got pages the day of. Same with this. Like this just constantly had rewrites. That's what I thought. That's yeah. funny because the movie is about the movie getting yep. rewrites. Yeah, yeah. They put that into the movie. Um, <laughs> there were a bunch of rewrites and also like uh, Aaron um, Kruger has talked about. <laughs> Aaron Kruger has talked about how um, he like watched the original three like right before writing this and but he's talked about since he didn't like have a role in producing those three, he didn't really know two? those two, those two. Yeah. He watched the other two. Um, uh, he didn't really know the characters as well. So like his, uh, characterization of them wasn't accurate really yeah. in some of the ways when he was writing. So like Wes Craven had to do a lot of, um, development, um, and, uh, uh, writing like, development on the script as well um like uh one example on wikipedia that it talks about is uh he like wrote sydney as kind of like a terminator um sarah connor type <gasps> i just watched character. that movie yeah <laughs> um so like she's like more of a badass like terminator judgment day sarah connor sarah connor yeah that's awesome so um, terminator. but uh it's yeah Oh, no, we right don't. Um, but yeah, so like he like had trouble like yeah. writing them as themselves, um, and so like this movie had so many rewrites, and also like they had to do a lot of reshoots as well to like mm. fix continuity issues. Oh, like, I bet on on Wikipedia it talks about specifically the opening scene. Um, yeah. He's driving back to it's cotton weary. He's driving back to his apartment. Um, and they shot the opening scene in, on Hollywood Boulevard, but then um, they wrote, they rewrote the murder scene in the apartment a bunch of times. And to fix that, they had to like reshoot some of the um, driving parts. Oh. And so like, they couldn't like, get back on hollywood boulevard so they had to like um do some reshoots where he's driving on a different street um and also like there was a scene there was a part where like um apparently in an earlier draft of the script like cotton would fight off ghostface and like escape through a skylight um and uh they cut that because like they didn't want ghostface to appear weak or some something Bullshit. like that you brought um, that up while we were watching the scene yeah and <laughs> ghostface can't be a little bitch yeah. Ghostface is a little bitch in the first two also um <laughs> for real he sucks he was like wearing a jacket at the beginning of that scene or something and he took it off because he insisted that like lee schreiber insisted that he would take off the jacket because he wanted to show up how much he'd been working out <laughs> My counter to that is I think that's kind of bullshit. Right. Because in the first two movies, you see Ghostface is kind of bumbling around. Right. But I will say, in the new rules of this movie, the first rule is, is that, that the killer is superhuman. Yeah. So I kind of get why that makes sense right. to do for this movie in particular. I but... also get it because it's like the first, um, the opening scene of the movie. So like the first kill yeah. is yeah, always yeah. like the most efficient, like well done murder at the beginning um so like because of that they like changed that scene and another thing is like they they changed the scene where he like escapes through a skylight 
um, and they wanted to reshoot it, but they couldn't get access to the same apartment. And so they just like entirely cut the part where Cotton escapes and stuff. It's weird so, how like crazy bad the planning for this movie yeah was. yeah I- there's so many reshoots like if you read the wikipedia there's like so many reshoots that they had to do like they had to film like multiple variations of each scene Jesus. just in case the script was rewritten That's this awesome. movie is literally what the movie is written yeah. to. It's, it's like it's like they wanted to purposely make it the movie that they were making <laughs> right um so there was a lot of that like um rewrites day of and stuff like that and so uh, another fun fact is the original ending that um which i hate this but the original and one of the original ideas for the ending of this movie that um Kevin Williamson had was he it was going to be a bunch of like high school kids like killing each other and then at the end Sydney like goes into um one of the high schoolers like houses in one of their rooms and sees all the dead bodies and then they all come back to life and they're like haha it was all fake and none of us actually died that- which is garbage i would be like all of scream sucks if yeah. that was what so I okay so wait the final twist of the movie was when sydney walked into the house after ghostface had killed everyone and they all rose up none of them were actually dead and they'd planned the whole thing williamson later adapted this story for his 2013 tv series the following oh spoiler alert the following i've seen the first episode of that and it is enticing (laughs) is that um who's in that kevin Kevin. yes okay no 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 so fun fact about me um (laughs) the late night with seth meyer's twitter account follows me yeah Yeah. (laughs) and um it follows me because one of their very first guests was kevin bacon to promote that show and going back to when i was very into older men (laughs) (laughs) keyword was Definitely am not much into much older guys now. Definitely no, not um, <laughs> No, but um, I had quoted the tweet with a bunch of heart eye emojis. Yeah. And um, the account followed me. So the late night with wow. Seth Meyers Twitter account still follows me because I was thirsting after Kevin Bacon when he was promoting the following. That's awesome. Fun fact about Kevin Bacon, my aunt and uncle, who, you know, my aunt, Cheryl and Uncle Michael, yeah. they have seen Kevin Bacon live in concert. <gasps> he does music? He has Doing, a band yeah. with his brother or something like that and they toured and they went to a local bar very small setting and they were literally like a foot from kevin bacon watching him perform music it was like two years ago wait what what's everyone's degrees of kevin bacon oh i don't know i haven't figured that out i i know mine my dad i know my dad who knows a guy who has met kevin bacon so i think i am one two i think i'm three away Yeah, I don't even know mine. If you give it's me a minute, I'll figure six. out my degrees from Kevin Well, Bacon. if you know me, then you're four. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, might <laughs> I might well, keep I don't know if you have your own individual time. Kevin Bacon in. <laughs> I don't know if you like thirst tweeted about him on Twitter or anything. <laughs> that's um, so funny. I remember I did watch the first episode of The Following. I think I might want to watch that like through. Yeah, I've heard it's a decent show. There's this other show. It's not the following, but it kind of came around at a similar time. It's um Jason Isaacs. Awake. Thank you. Yeah. I always forget what it's called. 
yeah i I really love that show i watched a few episodes of that it's pretty good it's awesome i need to watch it all the way through because i love jason isaacs right and dylan i think it's dylan minetti from 13 reasons why oh and also the band wallows (laughs) is the son who i have also seen in person but like really unexpected all right i got four degrees four degrees Okay, nice. but that's different from just four it's degrees. It's a four degrees that's different from Molly, but I've got four degrees. Who was yours? He was in Tour de Pharmacy with um, uh, Maya Rudolph, who is in SNL with Tina Fey, who did Mean Girls with Jonathan Bennett, who is the uncle of my friend Hannah Herner. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Your, can, yours is so much better. I've got such an easy in, <laughs> knowing <laughs> Hannah. And also my job, I know a few people. Um. Yeah. So I feel like um, kind of before we go into any of this other stuff, we haven't really provided a lot of context for what this movie's about. We've kind of right. just said a lot of facts. Yeah. That's so, true. Yeah. Scream 3 um, takes place four years after the initial events mm-hmm. in the first movie. And it focuses kind of split attention between Very the split. production of Stab 3 from right. the Stab series, which is a movie series in the Scream universe based off of the original Woodsboro Murders. Right. <laughs> you know I said I can't <laughs> so mean. I couldn't not slur it. I'm sorry. Um and the real life characters, how yeah. they are four years after, and then they yeah. kind of like come together. And um So it takes place in Hollywood on and people the are set killing of off. the movie yeah. of Stab Three and So I just wanna yeah. say this movie has a lot that pisses me <laughs> off, but the idea that it takes place on the set of a movie that's within the universe based on the movie that we watch, like there, like there's so many lines of meta in it that are just so fascinating to me. That is why I am so willing to forgive all of its flaws is because this movie is so... Like, explaining Scream 3 to somebody who hasn't seen Scream is, like, almost an impossible pain. Oh, big time. You can never get that kind of context. No, yeah. And, um, I I said this during recording, and I do... The part I like the most about this is this is the third Scream movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in production. And at the time it was made, it was, um, the kind of finalization of a, quote, trilogy. Right. And then later a Scream 4 was released. But... They're also working on the film Stab 3. So there is this really great kind of codependent relationship between the fictional movie Stab 3 and Scream 3 as a movie that the audience, us, sees. And I think that's a really interesting relationship that this movie explores, like whether it's all the way intentional or not. I feel like some of it was. I feel like it's intentional yeah, at least yeah, some yeah. point. But there's also like Maybe not with the rewrites. that has come later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That I feel like we get a different, kind of, so kind of knowing that there is a fourth movie that comes out much later, I feel like we get a different um, yeah, yeah, yeah. connotation of but the movie. But I will say the first time I watched this movie, the fourth movie wasn't even like announced, I don't yeah. think. So like I did get the context that I was intended to get out of it. Right. And I do know that I've always thought that the ending of this trilogy was a very cheesy ending, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's why I, I mentioned towards the end of watching this, I was like, I am so so glad that the fourth movie came out because it's such such a satisfying ending compared to what this was originally giving us uh-huh but yeah and no i get that so like it does work very well as um 
there's all this stuff going wrong in the actual production of Scream 3. Right. And similar things going wrong in the production of Stab 3. Not the murders, but like the rewrites and the yeah. kind of um, chaotic production itself. And it's, it's weird also because it's, it's definitely different from the other two Stab movies as well because mm-hmm. they couldn't get story... Tori Spelling back or David Schwimmer <laughs> they had a completely new actress playing Sydney um and also this is I guess if screen if we're assuming Stab 2 was based on the follow-up murders from Scream 2 this is also the first one that's not based on an, a real life incident the killer is following the script of, it's, yeah. So it's reversed. The script's not following the killer. Right. The killer's following the script. Yeah. I think it's neat. Like right. I, I just think it's neat. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. That, that part of it's awesome. The in yeah, the the inside movie is also different I in always, the same way that the outside movie is. I hate Holly- wait, go ahead. No, you you can Okay. I was gonna say I just I hate Hollywood's obsession with itself. Yes. I was just bitching about that yesterday at work because like somebody did an analysis of the recent Oscar nominees and like right. the professions that they play. Yeah. And it's so annoying how often people who play directors and actors end up getting because yeah. like uh, Hollywood's obsessed with itself. And this is kind but, of a direct response to that. Yeah. But it's just there's something so fun because also which it's not fun this movie is about a very different oh, context oh, yeah of yeah. hollywood which is even more fucked up right watching it in like 2019 2020 but yeah. uh, before we get into that just the idea that like this movie is basically just being very self-referential and being like oh my god like ha, ha, so funny. yeah and it's like normally i'd eye roll but like this movie had established so long ago this inti- like there was only one trajectory that they could have followed and mm-hmm. this is just the full-blown trajectory that it was set up for you know this is the response right and it, it it works i do think that this is definitely the corniest but like what else were you gonna do i love movies about making movies yeah so that's the part of this movie that i really kind of latch on to and i enjoy um what i wanted to say when you're talking about um speaking of oscar noms parasite is up for so much yeah i think it's the most deserving movie this award season hands right. down it's absolutely incredible, but um, let's kind of get into what you were talking about. How like some of the context of this yeah. movie, like so, in so light of events, watching now is de- definitely very different than even watching five years ago, right? Because this movie is produced by Dimension Films, which and Miramax. is Miramax, which is directly under harvey and right. bob weinstein Miramax, they were the heads yeah, of it was and, started by them yeah. yeah and it's very uh hands-on production from them and did they, it change from the weinstein company to miramax no or is it I like just miramax was the company. earlier version yeah of the weinstein company okay. and it's just but like also like bob weinstein has been a producer on all of these movies like both of them, I guess, are technically producers on all of these movies. But Bob Weinstein um, was the one who has been directly involved since Scream 1. And he Scream was the one, one who you said went to the MPAA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the one who went to the MPAA. He got Drew Barrymore. I he, like, Bob hired Wes Craven. Bob actually producing Harvey's name is just probably right. on it. Harvey's name is just on it. Also, Scream was the movie where... 
Harvey Matt Rose, Matt Rose McGowan, yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. but like, but it's I was just, thinking about that. That me, really sucks. I just yeah. like I'm so interested in the fact that this movie got made with a plot line directly about producers right. and directors taking advantage of actresses. That is yeah. a that is the main plot line of this movie is regarding sydney's mom regarding sydney's mom was a young actress they got taken advantage of and it fucked up her whole life because of that and it's so fucked up because he was like no matter like the um big producer who's the head of the movie producing stab three is oh you know she knew what was she was signing up for like regardless of what she said afterwards yeah which is so fucked up yeah and like in the movie and then when you realize who produced it and like the stuff that has kind of come out since back whenever i'm first watching this movie i'm like oh my god this is like a wonderful call out to fucked up hollywood culture oh yeah and then like now when you're re-watching it it's it's different because it's like somebody who is literally literally did this in the time span that scream happened Uh is producing a movie calling himself out Mm -hmm. but it's like it's one of those things where it's like fake i don't want to call it like fake wokeness but like um well like it's basically covering himself up kind of you know what i mean um i think this movie serves as the best kind of commentary on pop culture and film of the entire um, four of them. There's a quote. This was a bit of my buzzer noise too, yeah, but I wrote yeah. it down. Um, there's a quote that the actor playing Dewey, Dewey in the mm-hmm. Stab movie says. He says, pop culture is the politics of the 21st century. It right. Is. Okay, Maddie Healy. Thank you. Yeah, and I also wrote that down because you talked about it. Also become so true even more so oh. Yeah. in oh. recent years than it was back in How 2000. How many people compared hillary clinton to khaleesi yeah like we can't analyze you didn't see this but i just rolled my eyes yeah like we've reached a point where like a lot of people can't analyze politics unless you're looking at yeah Mm -hmm. um everyone loves talking about how harry potter and um the trump white house oh jesus like people love harry potter that being said um pop culture has also become so much better of a commentary on what's happening in politics there's this song there's both sides yeah because like yeah go ahead that i love by the 1975 called love it if we made it and one of the lyrics is i moved on her like a bitch which is a donald trump quote and the whole context of that is all our world's going to shit there's so much wrong in the planet but it would be really great i would love it if we made it like if we like got through this um and that whole album is kind of a commentary on how we look at like pop culture and the internet and like how we have like come into modern life and like what that really means and for our society because we live in a society <laughs> on top of that the idea of stand culture exists now mm-hmm. extremely like um, every day i'm reminded how fucked up and stupid it is but we are continually having to push back on the idea of stand culture in the politics sense which is very bad right now, which is like, um, so like, uh, considering your politicians the same way you'd consider like a movie star very much exists. It's terrible. It's awful. Like how people do it. And And kind of going along that, like there's a huge, um, kind of link between stand culture and cancel culture Mm -hmm. is the other side of that. Like everybody is always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop about their favorite. Right. 
like celebrities and like just like famous people in the media like oh when is all this stuff going to come out that they're a bad person yeah. yeah and half the time whenever you find out they're a bad person it's just a general mistake but there's no forgiveness because one one thing is like equated to being right it completely bad but then there's the opposite of it whereas when somebody does something completely bad the stands jump up and be like well we can forgive it because they did this you yeah. know but that's just one roundabout way of saying like um the context of so much changes so quickly nowadays i feel like every day we're finding out something about something and like the meaning of a a yeah. piece of something is never going to be the same. Does it's, that make sense? And like this is a very good testament to that. And um I just wanted to make a clarification when I say um cancel culture, I'm not talking about um especially like in regards to stuff like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. people facing like consequences and repercussions for their actions. Right. I'm just saying kind of like if any like there's everybody's always waiting for somebody yeah, that yeah, they yeah, appreciate yeah. to make a mistake well, and i also feel like there's the problem of like constant digging to find where somebody went wrong and there's this cancellation of the idea that somebody can like educate themselves and change over time i feel like people forget that mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah but like um but like that's just a context of cancel culture once again Tying right. back to what got this conversation started, that's a very different context. Oh, absolutely. Like As, we, we kind of evolved into talking yeah. about something different. Yeah. But. Anyway, going back to Scream 3. Yes, let's move on. About um, in this movie, Randy comes back in a video fuck. message. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. So um, so the backstory to the, that. Can I share the rules when you get to that part? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they wanted... because audiences hated that randy died so reason yes. scream 2 is my least favorite <laughs> as they should um but <laughs> so they like they really <laughs> wanted to bring randy back there were like some ideas in earlier version of the script where like randy um had gotten saved by his family and like had been in hiding for a long time and then came back uh, and that would have been stupid pretty stupid yeah but like they bring him back in this movie through a video message that he records the most randy way you can bring randy back yeah to be honest to yeah um he records a video message while he's in college and he's basically saying like if you're watching this then i'm dead and i've been killed during the context of scream 2 and but like here are the rules that you have to follow and do you want to explain the rules? so these are all rules about a trilogy so he kind of talks about you know if it's a sequel if everything's kind of going the same then like you know whatever same rules apply right but if it's a trilogy that means something has been brought back from the past that you have to deal with and like yes. there are completely different rules for like a trilogy um number one rule is the killer is now superhuman um can't be stabbed, can't be shot, you know, basically right. in Randy quotes, you have to cryogenically freeze his head in order to kill him. <laughs> and that's kind of like um, referencing movies like Friday the 13th and Halloween where right. they just somehow cannot take out the killer yeah. and he always keeps coming back. Right. Um, the second rule is anyone, including the main character, can die. And mm -hmm. um, Randy calls out Sydney at this point. He's like, this means you, Sydney. Like, you could die in um, Scream 3, so it kind of sets up that tension that like right. all bets are off. And um, the last rule is um, the past will come back to bite you in the ass. Which yeah. is mainly most of this movie. And um, a lot of that is talking about Sydney finding out all this stuff about her mom and that kind of like haunting her. And we can go into like the specific like haunting her aspect of That's it. The, yeah. I think... 
Well, other than the voice box, my least favorite aspect. But so, um, he basically provides all these like rules for a context in his like last video message. Right. And I wanted to talk specifically about the third rule, mm-hmm. the past coming back to haunt you. Because throughout these movies, and we brought this up during Scream 2, there's a lot of fallout from Sydney's mom. Like the first movie, Billy blames Sydney's mom for his own mom leaving him. Mm-hmm. Second movie, um S- Billy's mom decides to go after Sydney because her husband left her or her husband cheated was on her cheating with- on her with Sydney's mom. And now in the third movie, we actually go and like discover what happened in the past with Sydney's mom um and learn that she was abused. She like tried to be a Hollywood actress um under the name Marina Reynolds and um was assaulted uh by this um producer john milton and other people um and so because of because of that she had a secret child who turns out to be the killer in this the director of stab three um and he had actually orchestrated all of uh the first movie he like got billy to influence billy to kill to start the whole thing um but the reason i wanted to bring that up is we talked about during the last podcast about kind of how this kind of slut shames uh sydney's mom um and this movie kind of like goes into the backstory of that but it also still like has a lot of um problems for me so you like mean like the problems of being like if this happens you're gonna no i'm talking specifically about there's so many jokes about actresses sleeping with directors I counted three. Oh, with oh um, yeah, 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 and so, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. so like there's that cameo. There's, it starts out with um, Parker Posey's character, um, who like just offhandedly mentions that she had to sleep with the director of Stab Three to get oh. her role playing Gail Weathers. Um, she like says, "Ugh, remind me to not to sleep with him again." Um, just offhandedly says that and then they go and gail and parker posey's character whose name i can't remember but they um go and judy jergenstein that's a real yeah i don't remember her character name um they go to try to find more details on maureen prescott's like uh actress like um work Mm -hmm. and they meet carrie fisher um who's playing another actress named uh it's 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 a name where both of the first and last it's names BB. start with B. Um, I don't. It's not important. But she basically plays the character, and she also says, um, they they she like says reference Carrie Fisher. Well, no, she with. says she says um, Bianca uh, Burnett. Bianca Burnett, yeah, and um, uh, Parker Posey is um, Jennifer Jolie. Okay, Parker Posey, yeah, Jennifer Jolie also has a PP name. So Parker Posey. Her character is Jennifer Jolie, who um, there's a line in this that references Brad Pitt. And at the time, Jennifer Aniston was married to Brad Pitt, (gasps) which is a connection with Courtney Cox. But 
Also, Brad Pitt would later go on to marry Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie, which is, I don't know, they just predicted the this movie two is, actresses. Like, the most future predicting movie. <laughs> yeah. That's You're right. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Anyway, going back to the scene with Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher plays the character Bianca Burnett, um, who um, they, they're like, oh, wait, you look just like. Her. And she cuts him off. And she cuts him off. How she looks like Carrie Fisher. And she's like, she's like, yeah, we both auditioned, but guess who got the role? The one who slept with jo- George Lucas, implying that Carrie Fisher herself had to sleep with George Lucas in this universe to get like the role in Star Wars. And then, I mean, and then there's the whole thing with Maureen Prescott sleeping. Yeah. Oh, and then later, um, Emily Mortimer's character admits that she had she to sleep with. with john milton to get the role as sydney so like oh no that's three different um parts and I those are all one. like jokes i don't know though i feel like movie. i feel like in the context of emily mortimer's character at least it's more of a like she's like i fucking had to do this to get this like i went through that and like this like mm. i suffered for like not i'm not saying like it justifies but she's saying like basically like i did this to get to this point like i you know what i mean so the way i read that scene was throughout the whole movie emily's mortimer's character is like the meek like oh i'm just joining hollywood i'm like just a random person because she got randomly hired from this talent search yeah um to find the new uh sydney prescott after tori spelling decided not to continue the series um they did a talent search and they picked a random character um a a random person and uh the whole movie she's like very meek and like um like afraid and like a very like um she's like uh your stereotypical like quiet woman who like doesn't you know Mm -hmm. like her she's a very naive quiet woman type character and then at the end she reveals uh i'm just like all these other hollywood actresses i also slept with the producer See, to get my job I, I, that's the way i interpreted i that always scene. felt like it was more of a sense of there's such a wide range of people that are getting taken advantage of and it fucks like if they're so will like not willing to go through it but like they went they were like put in that situation and did it and it like it fucks them up because of that is kind of how I saw her character specifically. It's like, oh, I did that because I thought that was the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And like, clearly you see that she's not handling that well. Right. I always read that as her specifically. Okay. I always saw it in that way because I feel like this movie is supposed to be a commentary of that. But like knowing from this context of like 2020, it's different. Yeah. But like I always saw in her character specifically as more of a thing of literally everybody can get taken advantage of no matter how they are because like yeah. everyone always thinks like so oh it's the sluts that do it and it's like well no everyone gets taken advantage of and put in that situation and you'd be surprised who caves and like allows that sort of um pretty much assault to happen to them right you know and that's how i always read hers some of the other ones are deaf like parker posey's character and um fucking uh Carrie Fisher. yeah i feel like those are a little different context those but i always like, felt like emily mortimer's was more like a thing of like this happens to the bigger a bigger range of people than you think it does right that's how i always read it but yeah. it kind of depends on where but you're like 
if you saw yeah. it that way that's definitely saying something about the way it was done you know but, what i mean yeah yeah i mean based on my interpretation it just like bothered me that it's this movie is trying to call out uh or maybe it's not trying to but like it it calls out like hollywood sexual abuse but at the same time it is also slut shaming actresses who uh sleep with directors to get ahead and stuff like that so it's like trying to do both at the same time and that kind of doesn't Doesn't work work. for me and it also is pretty problematic i mean it also could also just be calling out like the normalization of how for a lot of actresses that's just the standard of the job and they don't even think about it yeah and how that's pretty fucked up that their minds are at that point once again if that's what they were going for they should have given that context better yeah which they didn't but i feel like that might be a context that they were trying to do and didn't do a great job of or it's also 2000 2000. i think 2000 so like honestly people weren't quite as uh sensitive to the topic as we are now it's 20 years ago harisha i feel like it's kind of trying to dip its toe into both waters Mm -hmm. there um Mm -hmm. if it had committed to the angle about like the abuse in Hollywood, I feel like that would have been a good stance to take, and that yeah. could have done a lot. Um, but it's kind of undermined by like the slut shamey aspect of it. Right. But they also touch on the slut shaming in yeah. the first movie, right? With um, they talk about how Marine Prescott like was having right. an extramarital affair and how like she was yeah. shamed for that. I think well, part of this is also like the kind of like the explanation for maureen prescott's actions in the other movie it's like i will say i don't care for the explanation of why she you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. i don't it's i mean i feel like the angle they went at going at how hot fucked up hollywood is it's like okay but i don't like that it was used to explain why maureen was having extramarital affairs like that's not the motivation for almost all extramarital affairs i'm sure like Mm -mm. you know like there there doesn't need to be that sort of trauma to explain why a woman would do that you know a shitty trope that's a very bad trauma to assign yeah are also like there's a huge trope in in hollywood where it's like if you're abused you're gonna later turn out to be like a overly sexual woman right and that's basically what the angle and i just don't care for the fact that that was used to justify maureen yeah like i can't like combine the two you know like yeah it's very much just like i hate to say pick a lane (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. no and that's like mostly a joke but you're absolutely right conflating the two is like not it's not appropriate right yeah I feel like maybe in 2000, that might have been a woke context to do. But like now. But like I was six, so I don't really know, you know, like, so it's hard for me to tell you if it was, but now it's not. I also, just this is a side note, given like the year that this was made, I want to point out the context. This was the movie that was real popular when I was like a young trick-or-treater, not Not Scream 4. Because I realized I was like 15 when Scream 4 came out and that was just (laughs) not right. Yeah, I feel like um, something I was recently, I was talking with some film professors uh, like last week um, and we were talking about the movie Tootsie and I've never seen it. I'm watching it for the first time next week. um, Doesn't happen? No, no, no. No, just let me say it. I'm going to, oh, fuck me. Oh my god, I can't remember her name. 
Jessica Lange? Yes. yes. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, like, they were telling me about how um, modern audiences who have absolutely no context of the movie will hate the movie mm-hmm. because a lot of it seems very inappropriate. Okay. But one of the women I was talking to was alive during the time it came out and was dealing with the sort of... Um, of particularly like sexism in her industry that the movie was trying to address and she tells me about how tootsie itself means so much to her personally because it was the first time she'd seen that culture called out mm-hmm. and she was like i'm aware that now that movie doesn't seem right but when it came out it was very significant for us yeah so she's like it's very important like something that she always tries to do is say like yes nowadays um there's like readings of it but she's like and those are valid readings but like also it's very important to understand what's happening whenever that movie came out Mm -hmm. so like with this movie i think that there's a lot wrong with it but i almost want to know like what were the headlines when this movie was big right you know what i mean like what was going on to see what it was like addressing quote quote i don't think that it's quite like tootsie level trying to address something but it makes me curious to see like what was going on in 2000 because i like definitely wasn't fucking aware of that so like i almost want to know like uh, like they wouldn't have done a plot like this if they weren't trying to address some sort of headline that came out you know so i want to know like what what the fuck was going on yeah because like why make a movie about this plot if there wasn't something Right. Well, the idea with going to Hollywood was that you're just getting bigger each time. So, yeah. like, first year in high school, and then. But like, why call movie, out Hollywood college. if there wasn't a reason to call out Hollywood? I don't know. I mean, there's been a reason to call out Hollywood since the beginning of Hollywood. Right. But I feel like, like something had to have been recently exposed. I don't know. I, um, yeah, not knowing any of the context of the time it just feels like they just needed something to do and they were like playing off of stereotypes about actresses yeah i just feel like it went at an angle like you mentioned like there's two sides to it but it's like why include the side of oh women are being taken advantage of and like practically having some lives ruined right. if there wasn't a reason to put that in the movie that's probably been just like an open secret in just hollywood like forever is that hollywood abuses women and uh there's a lot of abuse that happens um in hollywood and they were probably just like using that as a trope yeah i mean that's probably that could be right i just like wish that i knew more about like i said like the headlines of the year before the during and the year after like i want to know like what were people really talking about was there some sort of scandal that people knew about because it just this feels like i mean like you said they basically built themselves up to it and i i like the idea of being in hollywood for this movie it's just like i want to know there's so many other ways they could have gone with this so why did they pick this way right so uh moving on i wanted to talk about jay and silent bob (laughs) so um (laughs) this is gonna be quick but jay and silent bob cameo in this movie jay and silent bob from the kevin smith universe which they are in many many of his movies yeah almost all of them almost all of them i guess it's the view askew i think they're just not really in his horror movies okay but 
Jay and Silent Bob appear in this movie at the very beginning of around 16 minutes in. But also, um, in 2001, the movie Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back comes out. And Wes Craven is in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as himself directing Scream 4, which implies that if it's the same Jay and Silent Bob, then... In the universe of the Scream movies, there's an alternate um, horror franchise directed by Wes Craven, the director, called Scream, but they're starring, I guess, Shannon Doherty, because she's yeah. the one in Scream 4 in James Allen Bob. But, like, they're different from the Stab movies. Yeah, I but just then thought like, that was interesting. So Scream exists in the Jay and Silent Bob universe, but Stab exists also because Jay and Silent Bob are so So Scream and Stab exist simultaneously, but I guess Stab or I guess Scream is a response to S- Stab. No, because no. like Randy never references Scream. Scream is just another simultaneously and also, shitty. And also they're doing franchise. Scream four. Scream Which 4 in 2001. The same year that Scream 3 was. It just doesn't. I, and also, I love that Shannon Doherty is the star of Scream in that because Tori Spelling was in Scream 2 or in Stab, yeah. which is in Scream 2. And Shannon Doherty is obviously the co star of 90210 with, with Tori Spelling. Right. But oh my God, I didn't even think about that. that, that <laughs> so, the, do you want to hear my. Yeah, sorry. I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry I used the bathroom like a hundred times. Oh, no, it's fine. So, okay, I just mentioned Jay and Silent Bob are in this. <gasps> oh, yes, let's talk about this. Did you already um, talk about this? But Briefly. Okay, going into it, Jay and Silent Bob are also in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And, you know, who else is in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Wes Craven. And he's directing, yeah, it's Wes Craven playing himself, directing a movie called Scream 4. What? Starring Shannon Doherty. So that means that in the Scream universe. Yes. Wes Craven exists and also directs a movie, a franchise called Scream that exists simultaneously to stab. So what are your thoughts on this, Molly? I can't do this. I also need everyone to know. um, I had longer hair for a little bit. And one of these thoughts I had when I wasn't sober is I was wearing a beanie oh and I looked God. at myself in the mirror. I was like, I look like Jay <laughs> from Jay and Silent Bob. I really do. And it, like, I couldn't let go of that. So I was really kind of self-conscious about that for a while. What? <laughs> to follow up. So within the Scream universe, I, I Jay and Silent Bob exists. But in Jay and Silent Bob, Wes Craven plays himself directing Scream. Four. Four. Scream 4 and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back comes out in 2001. Well, before Scream 4. Yeah. Oh, wait, like 10 years before Scream right. 4. Yeah. I think exactly so, 10 years. Somebody in our um, Tipsy Terror review on uh, Letterboxd described Wes Craven as a slut for meta. <laughs> and I um could not agree more holy shit well okay so the thing about jay and silent bob strike back is i don't think the thing about it is so i don't think jay and silent bob strike back is supposed to be 
The same universe as... The same universe as everything else. Because, okay, so the Wait, movie... Well, I don't know, though, because it... In the in the movie Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, there are movie there are direct character references to chasing Amy characters mm-hmm. that exist within all of Kevin Smith's yeah, yeah, universe. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's the same the whole universe. universe. Like it all lines Clark. up. I mean that there's like that's what I was gonna say, is that yeah. they're like a little convenience store in right. this grave well, universe. Um I think <laughs> the right. clerk's characters like well, hate so the stab movies. At the at the end of the Did movie really? Jay and Silent Bob know, Strike no. Back premieres the movie that's about it's blunt man and chronic yeah, is what it's called and like all the care a bunch of characters from kevin smith's movie walk out of the movie theater analyzing the movie and about how bad it is and stuff like that but also um jason biggs is in it and so yeah. is um fucking dawson what's his name uh james vanderbeek, james vanderbeek. From dawson's yeah Creek, and they reference their movies the so writer. those movies also exist within the jane silent bob universe <laughs> so i guess it is in the real universe that it's supposed to be so in. somebody once asked can you be too meta that is and i, don't I would know. respond have you seen, with this quandary have you seen jane silent bob strike back no i can't um <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine that's fine that movie is that movie is basic well i was gonna say it is dimension scary movie but dimension scary movie is scary movie so yeah. never mind that 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 studio just really likes making so, stupid tied together movies i'm gonna work all of this out for the morning after and <laughs> explain all the layers um but i, I can't handle it um uh speaking of scary movie jenny mccarthy who's in this um the first Ugh. actress to die um Ooh. on the set Good. of stab um but jenny mccarthy was cast in scary movie and decided not to do scary movie in order to do scream three and she later is in scary movie three is was her character gonna be um what's her face shannon elizabeth or i whatever? don't know i don't know because that would be great because she is one of the stars of jane silent bob strikes back <laughs> yeah but well what? also also in jane silent bob strikes back like there are characters that like ben affleck is Ugh, the ew. comics writer but he's also ben he he's, also plays ben affleck yeah he plays two characters in, in it uh the the how do you like them apples Goodwill Hunting, yeah, which yeah. is one of the best movies ever made. Well, well, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Stop. they're making Goodwill Hunting too. No, <laughs> it's great. Matt Damon's in it too. It's so what? funny, yeah. So Ben Affleck exists as Ben Affleck, but, but he's also, also his chasing the Amy comics character. writer from Chasing. And Amy, I'm pretty yeah. sure, um, what's the guy's name? Jason Lee. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Jason Lee. He, I'm um, pretty my name sure. Is Earl yeah. And also, um, almost famous. Yeah, but he's also in Chasing Amy, and I'm pretty sure he plays his Chasing Amy character and his mall rats character i want to yeah, say he plays yeah. two characters that movie is wild <laughs> i'm sorry goodwill hunting two and jay and silent directed bob are, by gus van sant yes yeah. and jay and silent bob come in and play extras <laughs> and then they cause like a fight on the set with ben and Matt. it's a funny scene because like the line in it's that how movie, do you like them apples right. again right well he, he says how do you like them apples and then like the other guy's like i guess you're not so good will hunting, hunting? <laughs> i'm sorry we're spending too much of this conversation talking no that's what we're they not get. we're not spending enough time talking that's about what they get for putting jay and silent too. bob in this movie uh, okay oh, um damn. we've gone on for 
pretty long. Uh, okay, I just also want to point out this is the second movie in the Scream series that points out film bros are the ultimate yes. enemy. Yeah. Oh my god, the yeah. Killer the killer is guy, a director. He whips off his mask and goes, Roman Bridgers, director. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh my god, he's a film bro too. Yeah. <laughs> it all ties together. Just before we get into anything, we pointed this out while watching it. What are the fucking odds that the guy who orchestrated all of these murders also happened to develop enough of a directing career at the same time to be able to direct the trilogy movie about the murders that he orchestrated? And I can't even get an internship. (laughs) What are the fucking odds that that happens? I would be like a deus ex machina. Yeah, there, there's, there's like no, there's no chance that would never fucking happen. Right, <laughs> that would be like um, OJ Simpson's daughter. Um, Did the her, people versus OJ Simpson. Simpson's mysterious daughter directs the third movie <laughs> in the OJ Simpson murder series? Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> it's so messed up. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> that. Really put it into context so I could understand. <laughs> I love. You know, like whatever the plot twist that he's her brother that gets made in plenty of s- movies. You know, that right. that's, that's a big, horror, that's a big trope. horror trope. So, Sam like, it's up, uh, prom night and, and Halloween. In Halloween, yeah, and right. it's like that's fine if they did that, but it's just the idea that he would be the director of the movie. That's what's mind blowing right. to me. Yeah. It's like that would never happen. Do you know how competitive that is? Even Maybe for he found a sequel, solace in film, <laughs> and decided to make a picture. Oh, a, a moving picture. A moving. Can I picture. say that my favorite? No, my favorite part of the movie is whenever he throws the knife and it hits Dewey in the head. But end, right? Like, but end. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you're trying to kill that guy, you think you'd learn to throw a knife a little better. I know, right? Dumbass. But one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when Roman is first introduced and he's like, "Obviously, I'm the next one being killed," and they're like what it's going by the script and then he holds up the statue that jenny mccarthy's character had accidentally broken earlier in the movie and he's like this yeah. isn't a sign and it's, <laughs> That's it's funny. So, like the head is popped off and he's right. like like and so it's like he knows he's the killer but he just took that moment to make that right joke. he's just using that <laughs> to make it seem like he's a victim it's so funny um, i don't know why it gets me every time funny, yeah also going back to the scene where dewey gets a knife thrown at his head <laughs> from the bottom of the stairs dewey's at the top of the stairs Ghostface just stands, stands there, there just right. like, like waits for the knife to hit gail is standing there like right like two feet away from him and then Ghostface is just standing he right no there. longer has a knife like they're, that was her opportunity to strike they're both standing there <laughs> weaponless just watching dewey fall down the stairs. <laughs> once again dewey everyone's a klutz <laughs> everyone in this movie's a mess can we talk about dewey's one-liners yeah sure yeah he has one good one i don't remember what it was um uh it's something in the context of the movie. Yeah. <sighs> Looks like stab three's back in production. <sighs> okay, that's a good one liner for him. That's the only one that works. Um I'm not gonna remember it. I don't either. remember it either. Dewey all all you need to know is there's so many Dewey one liners and when none of says, them land. None of them land. But he has one. And whenever the one happens, you're like Yep, yeah, that's the one. We should cut in that when we're talking about it. Yeah. Looks like Stab 3's back in production. Ew, Scream 5 coming out 2021. No. 
So uh, let's. Uh, I'm gonna go through a few quick, just facts, and then we can probably go into our segments. Sounds good. Um, so uh, the stuff with the original, the scream sets, like the recreations of her bedroom and stuff. Um, uh, those like none of those scenes were in the script. Wes Craven just paid to recreate those sets oh, wow. and get them built um because he wanted he knew that he wanted to uh go back like um revisit the original movie at some point during mm-hmm. this movie um and so then they re they wrote the those scenes after those sets were built wow yeah um i, I will say scenes. i real okay <laughs> you hate them I don't like them, but go ahead. Well, I don't like. All, I think yeah, all I don't the, like mom the mom stuff, stuff is dumb. Right, the mom stuff is. dumb. I like revisiting the sets. I just That's think cool. the mom stuff is the stupid. voice changer stuff is dumb. Also, if they had had her just been on set, great. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's talk about the voice changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big kind of another big change between the first two movies and this one, um, in Scream One and Two, go- the Ghostface Killer uses um just a general like voice module and it right. just starts the voice to sound like "Hello, Sydney," and it's like yeah. all the same. But in the Scream Three movie, Ghostface has a technology that allows um him to change his voice. To, to be anybody, anyone's voice. We don't even have technology like well, that today. Like no voice thing could ever work like yeah, that. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's such bullshit. It would be like open the fucking door, Christine. So the ones they use there, um, he does Cotton's voice at the beginning. He does Sydney's voice when he calls Dewey, and then he does his own voice. His own voice. Well, I think that's just his own voice. Um, yeah, but okay, yeah. And he calls Sydney um with Sydney's mom's voice somehow, which Sydney's just mom has been bathroom. dead for like at least 5 years. Um uh how did that happen? I guess well, I guess she's in movies, so they have examples of her voice it's from just, movies. But it's still It's just so illogical, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> it sucks. The whole voice changer thing sucks because like you can't recreate people's voices Mm -mm. like it's it's fine um with the ghost face voice for me but that is the limit like when you get to the point where you're recreating other people's voices exactly to where their girlfriend cotton's girlfriend didn't know whether it was him or someone else that is that doesn't work. You know what kills me about the cotton thing is whenever he's saying like, oh, it's a game or something. At a certain point, he's just talking like this and then he gets like this and it's like yeah, yeah. a voice modulator could not do that. Right. The technology isn't there, especially in 2000. Yeah. Also, I'm just pointing out those dum-dums back in 99 thought that Y2K was going to happen. <laughs> like there is no way that they predicted Dumb-dumb. technology would be able to be that good. <laughs> they thought we were going to get killed by the computers. Yeah. I'm just saying. Nobody talks about Y2K enough, and we need to talk about how some people just lost their shit, <laughs> forgot how to act. Right. <laughs> I love Y2K. If you all got any good Y2K stories, please send them my way. My dad was like a manager at a grocery store for most of my life, and um, he worked at that during Y2K, and he had to, the grocery store closed at 10 normally, but they stayed open over midnight and stuff like that to be a resource in case Y2K happened for people to come get Jesus. stuff. Jesus. Wow. Oh, I think okay. my uncle also worked at that grocery store. The fun Y2K story. <laughs> that is a good Y2K story, you're right. 
They spent like <laughs> weeks prepping for it, like stocks no of water and way. like canned goods and stuff, just in case. Do people, no. I think people actually bought the shit too. God damn it! I'm all for having a bunker, but for something over as stupid as a date change, come on. There's bigger threats. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Sorry, another that got thing. Off topic. Uh, yeah. em- Emily Mortimer's character. E- Emily Mortimer's character was originally written as the second killer in this. Um, that's another thing I hate about this movie. This is the only a- one of the screen movies. That's spoiler things, yeah. to right. have one killer instead of two. It's stupid. Yeah. Um. So according to IMDb, originally Angelina's Emily Mortimer's character. Uh, her odd behavior was intended to end with her revealing that she was Roman's ap- accomplice. Um, Sydney would have recognized her as Angela Crick, a girl from college who became obsessed with her. Roman manipulated the situation to get her cast as Sydney to fulfill his psychotic, incestuous fantasies. Ugh. Ew. Gross. Um, and then Gail fights with Angelina, who is later shot by Sydney. However, she survives only to be shot by um, Roman, I guess, mirroring Mickey's death from Scream 2. She then turns around and remembers Randy's advice that Roman is superhuman, only to shoot him in the head, in turn mirroring Mrs. Loomis's death. The producers found the reveal too bizarre and last minute, uh, as well as too similar to the ending of Scream 2, so they changed the ending. And so that's why she acts weird at different parts, because like, there are parts in this where it tries to imply Yeah, and I don't like it. I wish they would have fixed that if they changed the ending yeah, or whatever. But that's why she acts weird at different points. Uh, it's because she was originally the other killer. Um, that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, another fun fact is Greg Sestero from The Room auditioned for this. <gasps> no way. Uh, he had he talks about it in his book um, about uh, the disaster artist, I guess, is also the name of the book. Um, but yeah, he talks about auditioning. He's the titular disaster. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a different movie if he was in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I guess... Those are the main fun facts that I wanted to talk about. Also wanted to mention, uh, Gail keeps talking about doing sixty minutes too. What the fuck? Is I, that think, I, think, uh, I don't think they were. Ge- I I don't think they were saying like it was called sixty minutes too. I think no, they were saying no, what it was. multiple people it referred like to little, it as sixty minutes too. Like the um, what's it called? The Roman numerals, like the I I. It was sixty yeah. minutes I I. Like Parker two. Posey talks about. She's like, oh, doing sixty minutes too, huh? Does I guess that failed within the that- clerks universe. That sixty <laughs> minutes. They have sixty minutes too. I thought that what they were. Oh my god! This whole time I've been thinking that they were just basically being like whatever also, project Gail was working on was being like considered like oh this is like 60 minutes no. No, 60 minutes the sequel oh, yeah so, okay so that she, is she even, even says, she even says to dewey like i had to leave for 60 minutes too it was too good of an offer <gasps> <laughs> i'm gonna look it up and see if this is like real but yeah so 60 minutes too apparently they were doing a <laughs> sequel to the news program 60 minutes I'm sorry, what 60 minutes two, more like 120 minutes. <laughs> what is that? Oh like my s- god, 60 minutes two is a news magazine. 
Oh. What for 1999? Mm-hmm. So oh it's my God. real. Well, it was um the first episode was January 13th, 1999, and the final episode was September 2nd, 2005 on CBS. There was a 60 minutes too. Oh my God! And let me just look up a um. It was an American weekly primetime news magazine television program that was intended to replicate the signature style, journalistic quality, and integrity of the original 60-minute series. It was on um, Fridays at 8 p.m., so it was only um, once, I think, a week. Yeah. I think regular 60 minutes might have been every day, right? I, th- I think 60 minutes is once a week. No. Well. on Sundays. 60 minutes. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um wow okay yeah that's weird sorry it was renamed 60 oh 60 minutes 2 was renamed 60 minutes by cbs for the fall of 2004 cbs news president andrew hayward stated at the time the roman numeral 2 created some confusion on the part of the viewers and suggested a watered down version the show was later renamed 60 minutes wednesday to differentiate it from the original 60 minutes sunday edition but reverted to the original title on july 8th 2005 Wow. So when was the original 60 Minutes? Was it like... um, 60 Minutes original was... I don't know. Let me check. Um, It was 60 Minutes, regular 60 Minutes was... Oh, it's been on for fucking ever. 68? 1968. Yeah. Till now. Damn! Okay, so I guess 60 Minutes 2 was just the reboot of 60 Minutes. Oh, my God. And it, like, actually works because it was, like, within the time, like, when this was filmed 1999, it would have made sense. But it's also, right. like, great because it's a sequel. That's hilarious. Okay, well, that shows how young we are. <laughs> we didn't know 60 Minutes 2 was a real thing. Live fact checking. Wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> that's so funny um yeah the whole time we were like what the fuck is 60 minutes to instead they were just the movie was basically just talking about how stupid 60 minutes two was like it was making fun of a real cultural thing and we're just like what 60 minutes i only have one minute got him to get my news and i get it on buzzfeed not anymore i don't get the news anymore i have to talk to people to find to out what's t- going on i have to on. text you what's happening yeah you do i well i talked to my roommate and she gave me the whole scoop about what's going on in the world good like when I'm the iran thing was happening updates. yeah it was the date that like harry um i almost said harry styles prince harry um Left. said he was leaving yeah yeah i got right. the whole scoop i am pretty confident i know a little bit of what's happening in the world so should we go into segments? Let's yeah. do it, baby. We have not talked about this movie at all, and it's fine because a there's lot not of it a lot matter. to talk about. It's dumb. A lot of people get killed off one by one. And um, Sam pointed it out. A I don't lot care of this about movie, any of them. No, no, no. Um, because scheduling, I think, might have been weird for all of them. They get paired off in really odd assortments of people. So it's just you're following around like two to seven people at a time and it just feels really disjointed and like half of, of them are people you don't really know yeah. and they mean nothing so when you watch them get killed you're like okay okay they're just right. cannon fodder all, yeah. these, all these stab actors that we've seen like twice get killed and we don't care about them because we don't know them it's like that walk a flock of me it's like yeah okay yeah like i never feel like anybody i care about in this movie is actually in danger and then when like sydney might be at risk because she's the third person or the um she's the um all that's her off in the third movie you're like oh i don't still yeah. don't care 
Sorry, Sid. But. Yeah. So, um, uh, what's our first segment? What would you do oh, if it were you, you in this movie? Um, let's, let's have a fun scenario. Bob. Let's say we're all like interns on like the Stab Three production, or we have jobs on production. Yeah. Of this movie, maybe not interns. I'm just, I'm, I'm just shooting my own qualifications out there. Um, we're all on the Stab Three production team. Um, do we make it out alive? I don't know. I guess yeah. I wouldn't be acting, so I would. I made. guess of all the people in this movie, I guess I'd probably be Patrick Dempsey's cop character. Harish is a cop. Write that down. Harish, <gasps> <gasps> you're a bastard. Because like, you're, I you're I definitely bad. would not. I don't think I'd be one of the actors. Maybe maybe the director, but also like his motivation is stupid and doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. So like I don't really relate to him either. Um I guess Dewey is the other option. <laughs> the consultant? Who's which one? He's like He's consulting consultant. on the movie. Yeah. Maybe. I'd be on the writing I team. Know. I don't know. I'd have written a really shit movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd they're be like Sydney. Off doing my thing in the woods, not being a part of it. Yeah. Right. I know that doesn't make sense, but it's what I, would, I want. I'd be on set because I really want a job on set. Do you want a trade? <laughs> yeah. Do you want you want my job? No. No. I, I don't, don't think want, you do. I don't want any job. I don't def- I don't um identify as being employed. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm trying to be in 2020 jesus um no if yeah you have heard me and thought wow this woman has professional qualifications shout out um no i would probably be sydney just like off not being on this set because like honestly even no matter what i do i'm probably not gonna end up being on a set so if i'm gonna i don't have an interest in it a character to be from this movie um I'll say Randy again. Fuck it. Oh, yeah. I'll be Randy's oh, sister. Oh, I'd be Randy's sister. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Nothing matters. That feels right. Randy's sister. Yes. <laughs> I am the roommate trying to get into Randy's room while he's filming the video. <laughs> <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> Leaving my legacy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nuts. So I think all of us would survive because we're not. None of us sure. plan on being an actor. Yeah, except yeah. you, because you're already dead. Yeah, I'm Randy's already dead. already dead. I know I'm Randy's sister. Oh, never mind, I'm Randy, but like, I like just in terms of character. Like I said, <laughs> we all know how I feel about how I am the incarnation of Jay when I put on a beanie. I don't agree with that, but yes. <laughs> okay, I'm next time I like when I grow my hair out and I put on a beanie. I'm gonna send you a photo. You're just gonna show up at my door being like pointing at yourself look what i've become also this that wasn't a creed song that was a john cash <gasps> so much so creed. much creed too much S- nope we didn't need it <laughs> this well, is I- the worst soundtrack of the three. Oh, hands down the, the, I w- the little mix cd this director made for me i didn't like it i send it back i would be randy <laughs> but i wouldn't have lost my virginity in college so i would to make it to this movie Kolchak or whatever karen Kolchak at the video store yeah. yes i know creepy karen <laughs> jesus um yeah that proves my theory from scream 2 that randy fucks randy did lose his virginity it's confirmed <laughs> 
So he'd love um, to see it. So uh, next, who's the actor award? Parker Posey. Is Does mine. this get a Jared or a Jensen? Personal rating, I think it still qualifies for a Jared, but wait, or does it get it. a Misha Collins mediocre film <laughs> performance award? Are we adding a Misha? We said we would. Let's do it. If anything's yeah. getting a Misha, it's, it's this, this movie because yeah. it's I, not bad. And but it's I not good. hands down want to give it to Parker Posey. Parker Posey is great, or yeah. Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, but just I give for the Parker, Parker Posey, Posey the Misha Collins. Yeah. murders this role. She's great. Yeah, this is exactly what she was meant to play. The oh my god, Sha, you give a meh performance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we all give it to Parker Posey. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Villain ranking? Yes. I guess. Uh, Dead last. Yeah. Last. Yeah, last for me too. So I don't even have to think about it. Since we restarted, <laughs> I guess our, all of our ratings are ghost face, but are, different ghost. Faces, yeah, but it's Ghostface Scream One, Ghostface Scream Two, Ghostface Scream Three in that order. I'm just he calling the them by motivation. their real names. Yeah, Billy and Stu versus. Uh, He's been doing a little parentheses. He's not anyway. involved with like the actual plot, like almost at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone else, it's like. At least they were like friends and stuff before, and he he's just like, yeah, I'm here, I'm the director, and I killed everyone. Yeah, right. that backstory that comes back to bite you in the ass, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Too much backstory. I don't care. Next. So, what are we rating this movie out of? Voice modulators. <laughs> yeah, we have. Voice, we should do it out of the. Yeah. Bit. Okay. Voice modulators. Voices. Out of ten, I give it a six. I also give it a six. I wanted to give it a seven. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's probably self-explanatory based on the rest of this episode. This movie, it's not great. Like, the voice modulator stuff sucks. I I did like some of the scenes. I like the fax machine scene. That was fun. Um, Molly, you don't like that scene. Where right? they're getting the pages of the script in the, through the fax machine and oh. like they're reading through it. I just think the ending of that scene is yeah, really dumb. Yeah. Doesn't I, the house blow up? Yeah. The stupid. house blowing up is stupid, but like them the, getting the, the pages and like cool. reading them, I thought that was cool. The, when I was talking about, oh, I hate the scene, it was because I'm like, the house blows up, dumb. Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. The fax machine stuff is really neat. Right. And then, yeah. I like the whole um, commentary about Hollywood and like, I love movies right. about making a movie. Yeah. I just. It's just not. It should have been tighter. Complete. Yeah. I think. For me, the reason that it's still so, like, kind of high is because, like, I do consider this movie to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Nothing really makes sense. But at this point in the series, to me, it doesn't quite have to anymore. And I just think it's so silly and self-referential. But it also is, like, really fun to see actors playing <laughs> actors, right. basically. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah. I know there's not a lot that you get to see. I know it's like stupid because Hollywood is always making movies about Hollywood. But this is one where I'm like, this is different. It's yeah. like, it's different. Um, I will say, um, even like the worst, in my opinion, screen movie is better than so many other. Yeah, movies. that's how I feel yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, recommendations. I have a couple. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. Just because they all split up all the time. And then the song Horror Movies by the Bollock Brothers. It's a song where they he basically just lists all these horror movie titles and talks about watching them with his girlfriend. <laughs> it's wow. my favorite song. It's very good. Um, 
I guess I'll recommend the other screams. What the fuck did I say? Clue. Oh my god, don't let me forget. When I write my letterboxed review, Clue is going to be my recommendation. Don't let me forget, because I will. Yes. Clue. I want to recommend Clue. That's my only really big one. Yeah. Um... I will recommend Halloween 3 Season of Witch of the Witch because it's complete divergence from the first two Halloween movies. So it's similar in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's like a fun movie. It's good. <laughs> kiss, up? kiss, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. That's also about Hollywood and abuse. Scandals and stuff. And stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going with Horatius. I'll recommend Friday the 13th Part 3. Okay. Because in my opinion, that's the best one. Okay, I have like up into that. that point. It's really good. I think it takes a turn for the better. It's where Jason gets the mask, the hockey mask. Oh, okay. And it's neat. Cool. Um, any other trilogy? Um, oh, I think uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the third one. It also has some weird dead mom stuff in the third movie. Wes, the you Dream have Warriors. Some, you have some answering to do. Oh wait, he's dead mom too. Is he really? He's dead. Oh, sad. He's dead. Miss um, you. He also directed that third one. Wes. Um, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He didn't direct any of the other ones except the first and third. He did first and third. And, and New, Nightmare. New Nightmare. Wes, please answer but, us. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of other. That's also the one that's oh, um, a primetime bitch. I thought so. Evil Dead, Army of Darkness is the third Another part weird of a third trilogy. One. Yeah, that's weird. He goes back in time. Um, haven't seen that. I'll always but. recommend Final Destination three. That's one of the. <laughs> that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's good enough. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow the show at Tipsy, or you can follow me at Not a Credit Card and everything. Uh, you can get me at Save Our Shaggy on um the Twitter and Instagram, and Letterbox at Samantha Don thirteen. I think this year I'm going to change it. Hopefully. You can find me on Twitter at Midsummer Queen. It's an Ari Aster reference. Um, <laughs> on Instagram at Molly Francis Haynes. Oh, shit. And on Letterboxd. Save our Shaggy is a Scooby reference. Go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You got to cut it in, man. Um, and at um, M-O-1-1-Y-H-A-I-N-E-S on Letterboxd. Um, and you can follow the show at Tipsy Terror on Twitter, tipsyterrorpod at gmail.com if you want to email us. <clears throat> Uh, tipsyterror.rip, tipsyterror.com, tipsyterror.wtf, tipsyterror.pub. <laughs> .pub. We have to cut down on some of them. All of those um, go to our website, which is still technically under construction, even though I haven't done any work on it in like six months. We but, should make buttons. Um, we should. That'd be yeah, a good idea. Uh, I was thinking about when Harish said fun fact, I'd be like, that'd be a cute like Tipsy Terror <laughs> edition button. <laughs> yeah um uh that points to all of the places you can find our podcast and we also have a patreon patreon.com slash tipsy terror um where for one dollar a month you get to vote in polls and you also get my weekly movie reviews of the i'm going through the last 50 years of horror uh so on the week this comes out um Right now, Sisters is the last movie that I've done, and the next movie that I'm going to do, I haven't decided yet. Uh, it's between two, and I'll talk about that. But Ooh, I can't um, wait. I watch all of these with Sisters them. from 1973 
is the last movie I've done directed by Brian Tamalma. It's fun. He um, did one of my favorite movies, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. And also directed Carrie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, so you can find those reviews for $1 a month. And then for $5 a month, we do bonus episodes. Currently, we're only doing one bonus episode a month. But if we get enough donations, we'll start doing more. And yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you at the morning after okay. where I will probably have more fun facts that we didn't discuss because we talked about Jane Silent Bob for most of this. So much of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> we got to work that out, though. That is the thread we are going to follow in the morning after. Why'd you say wait? Oh, um, I can talk about it after. Oh, okay. It's Never mind. Episode. Okay, that's it. Bye. 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 That tape was over his mustache. There's no way that was painless to pull off. <laughs>